Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Who is this team, Gary asks. And the answer just seems to be a team with a goalie, I guess, is uh is is that's that's the that's the answer. I, I they play, the first period was I, – I just thought, okay, here we go. They finally have one of those games where they start to look more like the team that, uh, you know, that lost a bunch of games and got the GM and the coach fired. And, yeah, it, it makes sense that you have a little high, but eventually you come back down to earth. And no matter how well, you know, your goalie plays, um, eventually you'll lose. But after the first period, the Flyers turned it on. And this is just another game where the Flyers skate with – one of the better teams in the league. They beat the Bruins like 15 days ago or something. Uh, they beat them again tonight, and after the first period, I would say they outplayed them uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, they they just beat the Jets. They it, it just ah, <laughs> who is this team? <laughs> uh, do you wonder maybe Carter Hart could have done this all year, or have they turned found another gear? I'm interested to see how far this goes. Now you all know. A couple of weeks ago, I was very much on the lose for Hughes bandwagon. I was, um, I just thought it made, so why, this just looks crooked, the picture. I don't know. Eh, whatever. I just started without actually looking at any of my surroundings, I guess. But it doesn't matter. Um, uh, it probably still is in the team's best interest to get a top 10 pick. But, again, as long as it's, you know, Travis Sanheim, game winner tonight in overtime, and Oscar Lindblom with another goal, as long as it's the things that we need to see to say, okay, hey, this is, these are the guys, these are the guys who are going to make up the future core, and we can just add to it this offseason, maybe it won't take a Jack Hughes to turn this thing around, or a Capo Caco, or whoever. Uh, I, I, it would be nice to have one of those guys, don't get me wrong. Uh, and it's probably for the better if they still end up with one of those uh, with a high. I don't know if it's going to be a top two. It probably won't. But, hey, remember last time <laughs> you got Nolan Patrick and you finished. You were supposed to have the 13th pick. So I guess anything can happen. Uh, maybe they get rewarded karmically for not tanking. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but this team is – I can't describe them. Um, I just – I'm – I'm having trouble coming up with a take for this game, honestly, and I just wanted to really reach out to to all of you who are joining me and see what you think because this one was a weird one, I thought, just in terms of the way they looked in the first and then after. But the more of these – at what point can we just say this is who they really are? I guess you can – do you ever just push aside the first half of this season? Can you ever put that out of your mind? Like, say they play like this all through next month through the trade deadline and all through next month, uh, then what? How do you really feel about that? I, what? This is weird. Hey, Bill, still fun-straighted, fun game tonight? Yeah, I, I enjoyed tonight's game. Again, after the first period, uh, I, I thought it was a little low event, but things really picked up in the third both ways. Uh, but overall, I think this was just more a more engaging game than the, uh, the Rangers game on Tuesday. I just thought absolutely nothing happened in the Rangers game like outside of the Christian Folan hit, um, that was it. And some awesome, you know, Stolar saves here and there, but I just didn't really think much happened at all. Tonight, uh, I was much more, I was much more just, okay, this is this is a hockey game I care to watch. And part of that is just Carter Hart's in, and I just, Carter Hart makes things more interesting. 
he makes me want to watch. He makes me want to pay attention more. Um, but I think this is just a more interesting game overall, too. Number 79, number 79, number 79. Yeah, you can't understate uh, what Hart has done for this team. And I think it's really important to see, like, this was such a, this had such a blown lead. They've had a couple of games now during this stretch where they do things they don't normally do. Um, you know, the 1-0 aside, the the one nothing against the Rangers, uh, obviously great effort from Stolarz, but it was kind of a one-man show in that game. Um the Monday win against the Jets and this win just feel more I, like a team actually turning a corner. They get the insurance goal on Monday, uh, and that was that was freaking huge. That was such a game where, all right, yeah, the, the Jets tie it up and then win it late. Like, we, we've seen that play out so many times, especially this season, but with this team in general the last few years. Uh, and they get the insurance goal and put it away 3-1. You kept it at 1, which they never do. Even if they do happen to luck into an insurance goal, they, they usually give one up with the empty netter late, and then it's a scramble to you know not give up the tying goal. But they did that, and then tonight, uh, just you, you come back, you get the game-tying goal, you don't blow it late, and you actually do what you're supposed to do in overtime. I tweeted, I, it was a joke, but get through the first 90 seconds of overtime, and you've probably got this one. And they've just blown so many right away, like not being prepared, coming out for the beginning of overtime, the way they seem to come out in the first period of a lot of games, just not fully ready to compete. Uh, that I don't think that was the case tonight. They had the one stupid turnover um, where they just tried way too long of a pass. Provorov had all the space in the world to skate it up a little, tried a long pass to Giroux, hopped on Giroux's stick and turned it over, but... Uh, no harm, no foul on that one. Um, but after that, it seemed like the Flyers had pretty much uh, had pretty much controlled play, and then draw the penalty, get the power play goal. How many did they have? Any shots in a in OT? Let's see. Where are you at? No Flyers, five shots, Boston none. So Carter Hart didn't even have to make a save in overtime, uh, but overall he did stop twenty three of twenty five. For a cool 920 save percentage, that's pretty good. Uh, duh, I should have. Okay. Uh, G does his thing and heart, and another kid steps up. Eagles winning. Yeah, Drew had gone two or three straight games without a point. He doesn't do that all that often. Uh, gets the big breakaway goal tonight just to get things going, really. Uh, you know, it's a different game when you can go into the intermission 1 1 than losing, I think. And uh, that was a big goal. Uh, Voracek made a nice play to get him the puck. Uh, good stuff. Of course, Hart does his thing. And then you get the good effort from Lindblom. Uh, you get uh, Lindblom's been looking good lately. And I was starting to wonder what he really was at this level. He's been, he's turned it on quite a bit. And Sanheim, you know, Sanheim has his hiccups. We see them. They're there. It's okay to even go, yo, what was Travis doing on that play? Um, but we also see the upside. Does he have the bumps in the road, the unfortunate turnover, the bad decision now and then? Obviously. He's a kid with this was, was his 100th game in the NHL. It's, it's, a, it's a process. You know, got to trust that process. But um, then you see the upside. Boom. Game winner in overtime. Snipe. Game over. Two points. That's you'd take the good with the bad with a guy like Sanheim and there's been a lot more good playoff tickets. I wouldn't go that far yet. 
my theory, the Flyers are pranking us by doing the opposite of whatever we think they're going to do. Solution, stay miserable. It fuels them. It's the only way. I, like I said, I'm going to enjoy it's, – it's, it is frustrating because there is no way to put out – there is no way to just like erase the first half and say, oh, well, it was this, it was that. At the end of the day, like play better. I, I know the goalies stunk. I know we don't like hack. But there's no reason to be as bad as they were and get blown out as many times as they did in the beginning of this season. Um, and there's no way to put that out of my mind just in terms of while it may not do any good to go, where was this in October and November and December? How do you not think it? How do you not think where the hell was this in those first three months? Eerily like last year, it took them like a month longer to get going than last year. From the last game of the 10-game losing streak was like December 4th, I believe, last season. And they just recently started getting this thing going. Hey, Bill, with Ghost Out, will we see Myers or stay with the 60? They've been playing. You all know I'm dying to see uh, Phil Myers. I think we have to find out about these guys even if we find out some negatives. I don't even care about finding out negative things about guys. Like I just said with Sandheim, we see the hiccups, but then we also see the upside. Uh, I, I have no problem seeing Phil Myers, and if he comes up and struggles a little, that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but I have to believe that the coach will not switch the lineup um, in the middle of a winning streak. I, I, I have trouble thinking that is going to happen unless we see another injury there, unless Ghost continues to be out and then another guy goes down. Well, now you have to call someone up, right? Uh, they just – they don't have an extra. Follin's their only extra, I believe, with uh, with Moran still on the shelf. So then at, at that point, I think they'd have to uh, play Myers. Coaching is the difference. This streak doesn't happen with Hack here. Uh, even if Hart is playing, team has stepped up. Uh, yes and no. I do believe the coach has helped change the culture, and I think morale is higher since uh, Hack was fired. I, I believe that. Uh, and there is something to Gordon being good with these young guys. Uh, the communication in it from, from every indication is just so much better. Uh, and maybe they wouldn't be on a six-game winning streak or whatever, but this is a team that won 10 straight with Dave Haxtell. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs that year. But we've seen this team be streaky. That's why I want to see a much more sustained. If they're going to do this, let's see it sustained. Now, if they're just going to lose every game for the rest of the season, whatever. Get a good draft pick, like I was saying earlier. But if they actually can sustain this, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but if they make the last month or so of the season interesting because they do sustain this, there's worse thing in the world than, you know, entertaining, meaningful hockey. Does anyone else hate the the ghost rumors? I do. Once down year and we pull the uh, – one down year and we pull the ripcord. Is Homer pulling the trigger again? Great game tonight, though. Looked like better team for stretches instead of moments. I don't – Listen, I, I believe that this core does need a shakeup, so I, I keep saying it. I'm not going to just right away rip, uh, you know, reject the idea of trading a core piece, and Ghost is one of those guys. Um, chances are, if you trade Shane Gossesberry, you're going to lose the trade, plain and simple. But I don't think it's necessarily the worst idea if you get a guy 
who I don't want futures or anything. I like, and I don't want a, a 32 year old or anything like that. It, it, it would have to be a very specific return for a prime age roster player who produces around the uh, produces around what ghost produces. That's, that's just all it is. Um, I, so it, it would be tough to get the return you're looking for. I don't hate it right away. I don't necessarily seeing, see it as pulling the ripcord. Um, as much as I do just trying to improve the team, unless you go out and fuck up the trade, then of course, yes, you, you did pull the ripcord and uh, you shouldn't do that on a player with, like I said, I think last show, he's a defenseman with 70 point, uh, with 70 point potential. And you need those guys. They're very, very important. No matter what you think about the rest of his game, there's varying opinions on the rest of his game. I happen to be a fan of ghosts. While I will admit he's having a down year, I think overall he plays a strong game, even if even in his own end. And just having to defend a Shane Gostas bear is a problem for other teams. It's very hard to defend guys like him. Um, like you know, he's going to do that little uh, that little left right fake, and you still fall for for it. You know, he still gets guys with it every time. Um, it's because he's such a dynamic talent. So I, I don't want to trade Shane Gossespair. There's uh, most of the roster I trade before Shane Gossespair, but I won't reject it straight out. But I would, uh, I will say that you will probably lose that trade if you make it. Glad our power play is starting to look better. Before the lines were horrendous, and now that Gordon stepped in and mixed it up, I like Gordon's thinking. Yeah, I like the. I, I mean, the power play is what it is. It had a good night, but um, I mean, just last game they looked horrendous. Um, hopefully they get that thing going, but uh, you know, they've been terrible all year. Um, I like that Gordon goes with the blender. I'm looking forward to seeing left wing lock tomorrow and seeing exactly, uh, cause he has his lines and you see the lines out there, but man, he mixes them up. And I like what he does when he mixes them up, uh, when he mixes up the uh, lines and just looks for different combinations, gets different groups of guys out there because, uh, over the course of a season, you're going to have to play with everybody. And I do think it's kind of an advantage when the other team prepares for certain combinations. And, and you know, it's really tough to prepare for, like, a Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak line. But you know that those three are going to be out there together. When you're looking at, okay, it's going to be Giroux with JVR and Konechny, and then suddenly it's Couturier with Giroux and Voracek, you're like, oh, okay, that's way different. Those are two, those are two lines with much different dynamics, uh, and it's just harder to defend, I think. It's amazing what coaching will do. I will put, I will give some credit to Gordon. Like I, I, I don't want to just, oh, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to dismiss Gordon. Um, and I don't want to put it all on hack either. There, there's a lot going on. There's multiple things going on. I think first and foremost, the number one thing is goaltending. Uh, but there definitely is something to making the coaching change and even perhaps Scott Gordon doing a good job. Hearts sure change their attitudes, and Giroux is a true leader. The young guys are doing good. Yeah, um, I don't want to get into Giroux being a leader. I think he's fine as the captain, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I was putting together sounds from the locker room today from Monday's game, whenever there are home games. Uh, our journalist in the field, Maddie Campbell, sends us everything she has in her like recorder, and either Steph or I cut it up, put it together, and you know put out a piece of some of the best quotes from from you know after that game. And so many quotes from Monday were just about the amount of confidence 
um, the amount of confidence that playing in front of Carter Hart gives these guys. And even though he's a young kid, he's in a short amount of time, he's shown the ability to make saves. He has shown the ability to contribute to them winning games and bail them out when they need it. And that just gives them more confidence. So I do think there's something too. you know, not only is Carter Hart playing well and that's helping, um, the team overall is playing well because they have confidence in their goalie. And I think that can't be understated because I think that was a huge issue um, for a lot of Hackstall's tenure, honestly. In the beginning, the first season or so with Hackstall, I really – I thought he was a much more aggressive coach. Uh, just his, just the way he had his team attack. And then about halfway through that first year, it seemed like he realized he couldn't buy a freaking save. And uh, they just, I don't know, kind of went into that more – conservative style that he you know became known for during his time here and I think they can get away from that a bit um when you have a good goalie that's not to say they don't fall back into it sometimes but uh overall I've noticed them be more aggressive and I think that's because the confidence heart gives them It really is something how streaky this team team has been over the last three years. Yeah, that's why I'm not ready to be like, oh, clearly it was just Hack. Because we've seen them go through good streaks with him, too. You know, there's, there's a lot of different things at play, and right now number one is the goaltending. I really wonder what Sanheim's true potential is. Yeah, man, I, I, I do wonder that, too. That's a good comment from Douglas. Um, he was a first-round pick, and he's a big guy who can skate. He's got a lot of raw tools. Uh, you, you see the upside. It, if this kid's like a true first-pair defenseman, the way he's been playing lately and the way Provorov's been playing alongside of him, those two are really playing off of each other well, I would say. Um, it's it, He's one of the guys I'm most looking forward to watching through the rest of this season and then hit the ground running you know, next season as this team – hopefully takes that step they were supposed to take this year. <laughs> Although it was short, Sanheim looked great in that OT. I could tell he wanted the puck. I noticed it and watched him the whole time, and he ended up sniping it. I like that he has the confidence on the offensive end. Yeah, he very much looks like a guy who wants the puck on his stick. Uh, there were times uh, he, he dropped down low into the zone and was kind of looking for the puck, but they couldn't get it to him. Uh, earlier in the game, and then, of course, this time he gets it and lets it rip, and that's just part of the upside of Travis Sanheim. Jim Jackson and Bill Clement uh, singing AMAC praises. JJ said teams would love to have a veteran defenseman. So that means he would be, I, you know, um, they these guys, these guys know the players, and they – I just don't put – he's not good. Andrew McDonald is not good. It's nice to have Crovey back. He was uh, he was rough early this year. He was rough for most of the year. Uh, these last three games, he's looked really good. We talked about it last night on BSH Radio, how some guys who, who were struggling prior to the break come out and are having this uh, this this good little run here. And – I know hockey players play, and I know they'll, I don't know, you play hurt. That's just what you do, eh? But you look at what happened to Simmons last year. 
you you got to wonder if if Provorov was just getting through something this year because a couple of days off and he looks like that guy again. He looks right back to right back where he started from. Sanheim is becoming an untouchable for me. I think he's a true top top pair D man by next year. Uh, he's definitely someone you have to. He's definitely someone you just you just go out. You let it. You you just find out about Travis Sanheim. You find out how far he can go. Uh, no one to me is untouchable, but it's what I would want in return for these guys. Basically, makes them untouchable. You know, I, I don't think you're getting Mitch Marner for Travis Sanheim. So Travis Sanheim's untouchable. Like if they would give us Johnny Goudreau, yeah, I'll, I'll give you Travis Sanheim back. But since I don't think that's happening, I uh, you know it's uh, he's yes because my lofty because of my lofty asking price, I I believe some of these guys would be untouchable, but no one's untouchable. Not on this team. Haven't won a playoff series since 2012 or whatever the hell it was. Love, <clears throat> love seeing Marchand in the box. Oh, my God. When he complains, every time he opened his mouth to me, if I was an official, I'd say, boo fucking who. That's it. <laughs> Quit, keep crying. You lick people. Provorov is looking like his old self. Uh, great stride and confidence in his offensive game. I really hope someone soon asks Provorov, now that you're playing well, will you tell us you were hurt? Did you switch up your stick? Like, what what was it that you looked so bad for, for stretches uh, earlier in this season if he keeps this up a little longer? I really hope someone just asks. At the, like, an accident, if he keeps this up for the rest of the year and ends the year looking the way he's supposed to, like, during exit interviews, someone has to just be like, what what was the matter? G on post game about heart, uh, calm, confident, gives us momentum. Yeah, I mean that's there's no there's it, it's really hard to quantify what a big save and what being in a game that you don't think you're playing well in will do for you. But that's what the goaltending is doing for them. And as much as I want to credit Carter Hart, got to give that credit to Stolarz as well because they got completely outplayed uh, the other night against the Rangers, and um, you know he was he was incredible. So. Um, I would say the goaltending overall, but obviously 20-year-old Carter Hart, future of the franchise, franchise savior, as I just keep writing in articles. Um, you, you just got to be in awe of the kid at this point. I think Mar what Marchand was chirping about was just how uh, the high stick against him wasn't called. Uh, I think he, like, hit Couturier, and Couturier kind of got turned around and his stick caught uh, his stick caught Marchand, and they didn't call it. So I think he was just continuing to complain about that, if I had to guess. But, yeah, that was a very clear – I mean, he committed a penalty, so if he was complaining about that. I, I just think he's one of those guys who, who just yells about shit. That's, that's who he is. He's just one of those guys who yells about shit. Everyone on post-game on heart. He is this team's rock. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, that's what he is. That's who he is right now. Elliot needs to be traded to Montreal if he's ready to come off of IR. I don't I, – I keep saying about Elliot, I don't think there's any reason – I don't think there's any benefit to him personally playing the rest of this season. He needs to sit and get healthy and then hope for, like, a PTO this offseason. That's what he needs to hope for. 
I think if we end up moving Simmer to a contender for a one, there's a solid chance he gets re-signed in the offseason at a decent rate. I, I don't know. I, I don't think – I think the team's just ready to move on from Simmons. But goddamn do I love that guy. So um, I don't want to be the one that gives him term. I, I don't want to be the one that get, that commits to something. <sighs> so my opinion of Simmons is – if it's July 2nd or 3rd and he's not getting the offers he wants, I would go to him and say, hey, we're not going to give you the, the, the JVR um, cap hit. But what would you think about six or seven years at four mil? Uh, and then if he's an overpaid fourth liner at the end, I, I, I wouldn't hate it. But kind of just ready uh, – not ready to move on from him, but kind of just want to take a step in another direction. It's tough right now. It's hard not to think uh, not to think next year we aren't set at the back end with D and G. I don't – all right. Provy seems to have regained confidence handling the puck uh, and skating. Good to see. Yeah, I, I would like to know if he's changed up his stick. I haven't noticed it, but I can't tell you I'm, I'm looking all that hard. Um I would like to know if he's made any sort of adjustments to what he was doing um, or if he got healthy or if it just he woke up one day and remembered that he's Ivan Provorov, a, 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 a number one defenseman in the NHL. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know the AMAC jokes. Uh, Bill, did the New York Knicks hire Chirelli? I, I, <laughs> that's a match made in heaven right there. They are beginning to believe. Yeah, I mean, they're getting the goaltending, and they, they all kind of remember who they were, a lot of these guys. Would Marshan lick gritty? I mean, I'd lick gritty, so. I know it's a stretch, but do you think Hart is making a case for the Calder despite uh, starting late in the season and Pedersen tearing it up in Vancouver? We talked about this. I, I talked about it with Charlie. Or, I'm trying to think when it came up. Oh, on Ice Sport last week, on Ice Sport Radio last week, I guess, we, yeah, we were doing our, our midseason awards, and we talked about, um, you know, obviously Pedersen's running away with it, but I think Hart can get himself maybe a nomination into second or third if, um, you know, he continues to play like this for the rest of the year. He has to continue playing at this very high level for the rest of the season, uh, and then I think he could play himself into um, – into a potential Calder nomination, but winning it, not with the numbers, Pedersen's. I mean, if – where are they? Let's take a quick look at the standings. Like, we're talking – we're talking about Pedersen and what he's doing in Vancouver. Where are you at, Vancouver? Yeah. Points, 52. They have the same number of points as Colorado with uh, – you know, one, one more game played. So Colorado has that game in hand, but they're basically tied with Colorado for the second wild card. Um, and they're Pacific. Oh, they're pretty far. They're 10 points out of fourth in the Pacific, or 10 points out in the Pacific. So they're not really challenging there. Uh, but yeah, like if Vancouver gets into the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned, he's a, he's a Hart Trophy nominee. Um you know, on the Taylor Hall scale, if if he's doing this for a team that we don't think is very good, gets him in, like, Pedersen could be finding himself in the heart talk. 
Marshan confused. He thinks a dog who can skate and get away with everything he does on the. Uh, Uh, Cohen said Provorov played bad is uh, their big problem with him. The organization started with Hextall and contract issues, but things still need to be resolved. I, I don't know. Contracts can, uh, contracts can get in players' heads, but I, I don't know. Is it – I always think that's a cop-out. Like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about my next contract, so I just – threw the puck blindly into the slot. Like, no, you forgot what to do because you're, I, I just don't always buy that as a, um, I just don't always buy that as a reason. Um, I think a number of things could have been up with Provorov, but the fact of the matter is he is up for a contract. So I guess anything's possible. Who is this team and what did they do with the Flyers? A win streak, power play goal, and an overtime win. They're confident. They believe that they can win games now. They're getting the goaltending, and that is uh, seems to have seems to have you know woken everybody up. Basically, everyone's got confidence because of what's going on in between the pipes. Hey, Bill, Broad Street Hockey doing anything special for Stadium Series? We're working on it. It's the 23rd. Um, uh, we have some other stuff like going on the 22nd with the alumni and everything. Um, we will see. We will see. Who is ready for the Stadium Series jersey confirmation tomorrow? I love the Stadium Series jerseys, so I can't wait. Scroll down here. Uh, Gouda strong like bull. Of course he is. Uh, Sandheim with the beauty snipe. It was a nice shot. I'll give him that. Are we really a bad team? Inexperienced, yes, but bad? I really don't think so anymore. I, I'm not – listen, I'm enjoying this little run because they're going to go on it, and we knew it. There's no – because they disappoint us at every turn, as soon as we're ready to just go, you know what, lose for Hughes. They win fucking seven out of eight or whatever it is now, six out of seven and six – or six in a row and – Seven out of eight, I think something like that. But because that's who this team is, I'm just going to enjoy this. And if they sustain it, and it's sustained by the young guys who we were expecting to take a next step earlier in the season and didn't, and maybe the second half of the season is just where they really got the confidence to take that step forward and everything, um, then that'll be cool. And that'll mean this is a team taking a turn, taking a step in the right in the next in taking the next step um but if this is just a little a nice little hot streak and they go into the tank in, in a couple of days and look like they looked for a majority of the season for the last two months i i'm you know but right now it's fine lawton continuing to get big minutes looks like he's uh Looks like he is groomed as the utility player. What did he end up playing tonight? Where you at, Lawton? 18-16, uh, 47 seconds shorthanded. So, yeah, eight, over 18 minutes. Um, I, I, like I always Lawton, I Lawton can play for my team any day. It might only be 10 minutes a night, but he can play for my team any day. I think 
Ultimately, I'd love him as the 4C who, like you said, a utility guy who can move up and down the lineup. But I think, you know, when you're starting a playoff series or when it's opening night of, uh, of the season or whatever, and the team that you have on the ice is the team that you think can challenge for a cup uh, or at least make a, a run to the Eastern Conference final or something, uh, he, he's your fourth-line center, but a good one. Hack held back Sanheim so much. Yeah, there was just this – in a year that this turned out to be, I just didn't understand limiting Sanheim's ice time. Even if you think he's never going to – he's just a good offensively gifted lower on the depth chart defenseman. If that's who you think he is or that's who you think he's going to be, find out for sure. Like this was the year to give him 23 minutes, and if he's a 16-minute guy, fine. Do that when the team is good. But for now, why not just give him as much time as possible and see what happens? And he's getting more time, and it's paying off. Odds Hart earns the Hart Trophy in his career. I hate when goalies win it, but, I mean, it's if he improves from this, he's got a shot. Like, if this is his, if this is his baseline, his crazy year could be, you know, Hart Trophy worthy, I would, I would guess. Bill, I got an idea. Instead of letting Foles walk, let's convince him to skate for us next season. Put him as singer a wing, see how he does. Okay. Do you think this win streak means Flesher shies away from making key trades at the deadline as the deadline approaches? Oh, that's another that's another interesting thing that we're gonna have to see how this plays out. Like, even if he doesn't buy, does he not move a raffle? Does he not move a Simmons? I I won I I really hope that's not the case because I really We've all been watching this team longer than he has. So if he only judges them on this sample size, it's like, ah, yeah, but they've kind of do this every year. They're not, you know, they're not an upper echelon team. Um, I really hope the assessment he made of this team and with the help of people who have been here, and as much as we don't want to credit Paul Holmgren, because of how his tenure as general manager ended, we tend to forget he did a pretty damn decent job in the first part of his tenure uh, and then just fell down a rabbit hole chasing something he couldn't catch um, and just made one bad decision after another until it was a complete disaster and Ron Hextall just had to basically say, no more spending, no more nothing. We have to tear, we have to just be logical for a little bit. Um but hopefully the people who have been watching this team closely for longer than Fletcher has have the sense to say, yeah, but we're playing very well right now, but we know what this team's ultimate ceiling is because we've seen this story before. They play great in streaks, and then they look like an AHL team for a month. Trade deadline, Simmons, Gudis, Amac should all be traded. No one's trading for Andrew McDonald. Uh, why would they? He's not good. I, I would love to see it, but it's just not happening. <sighs> what other comments do we have here, guys? I feel like I'm seeing this team at full speed for the first time. Uh, they do have, um, they do seem to have a little bit more spring in their step regularly, and they're not fine. 
they still do things like give up the first goal a lot and fall behind and need to be woken up at intermission or at least late in a period, like with Giroux's goal to kind of get the team going tonight. And then they come out in the second and play very well. And they look like a good hockey team from there on out. Uh, they still have those, uh, what, what the hell is this? What, what are we doing? Kind of moments. But I would say overall, yes, we are kind of seeing them more loose, play more confidently, and that leads to just, yeah, playing at full speed. Do you believe Fletcher's game plan to secure this season uh, but build for next season? Is it possible he makes a big move even if we don't get into postseason or far into the postseason if it comes to that? Um, hmm, like a big move as in, like, I, I keep thinking of what a big move would be. I guess if you trade picks and futures and stuff for a Panarin, if, you know, a Panarin becomes available, but I kind of think Columbus is just going to ride it out with him and hope to maybe see what happens in the playoffs and, you know, let the chips fall like that. Um, but I keep thinking outside of something like that, what a big, what a big move would imply and I was talking about it because someone asked specifically about a Voracek trade on uh, Tuesday's post game, And I just think something like that has so many moving parts to it. The cap number is so high, and there's so few bidders at this point in the season for a guy like Voracek because who's taking on that player that can afford it and it makes sense for them? Like in the offseason, I just think there are more suitors for a guy like that. It helps um, it just facilitate a better return. I just think there are too many moving parts to it, and that kind of thing happens in the offseason. If Columbus loses tonight, we're only nine points out. Might be worth holding on to Simmons as our own playoff rental if we stay on pace. Yeah, that's kind of how I think Columbus is looking at at least Panarin because Bobrovsky is kind of – he seems to just be a pain in the ass at this point. So maybe uh, we we talked about where he could end up, and I think – Dark horse is San Jose for Bobrovsky, but um, uh, you also have to look at a rental like without that, because a team that goes and gets a rental, um, you're making the playoffs without that guy. So you have to look at Wayne Simmons as, all right, but like with, and it's a little different because Panarin has way more value for Columbus than Simmons does for the Flyers, but it's like what what will losing Simmons really mean in terms of wins and like I don't think wins and losses wise it would make a huge difference for the rest of the season if Wayne Simmons wasn't here. And I'm a huge Wayne Simmons fan. Um, I just see guys jumping ahead of him and taking his spot. And at this point, he's a third line player. Um, I, you just have to get what you can get for Wayne Simmons. You're not, you're not gonna, you're not extending them, you know. So you have it. Just it would be uh, just great mismanagement of assets. It would just be a mistake of management to um uh, to not trade Wayne Simmons. It's what you do in these situations. I know they're close. I think like nine points is still nine. Columbus has to fall apart. It has to be coupled with that. And how bad do we really just want to lose in the first round again? I, but with a goalie, you never know. Everything's different when you have a goalie. Man, this is why I wanted Carter Hart to make the team, because now we have to make decisions that are – like we have, we just don't have enough information 
to make the decisions we need to make. Like we don't know what this team's potential is with a goalie because he hasn't been here long enough. And it, that that's part of the frustrating part for me with the previous regime is we, everything was mismanaged to start this year to the point that we can't make it's it's harder. We can still make decisions, hard decisions, whatever, but it's tougher to make some decisions because we don't have as much information as we could. If Tom Wilson can get five million a season, Simmons can get a boatload. There's something to that, although I will say, like, you're buying Tom Wilson's physical prime. Like, the best hockey Tom Wilson is ever going to play, theoretically, is under this contract, while Wayne Simmons has already played the best hockey he's going to play, you know? Um, He was wildly underpaid for it. He was one of the best bargains in hockey for the duration of the contract he's finishing up now, but I don't know necessarily if – as much as I would love as that, we all like that comparison because Tom Wilson. I'm, I am the biggest non-capitals defender of Tom Wilson you'll find. But obviously, the dude is overpaid. You know, obviously he's overpaid. Um, I just think the league needs Tom Wilsons. They just make things fun. I root for bad guy wrestlers. That's you know, even though I'm wearing a good guy shirt. Um, I just. Uh, I just think Simmons is going to get overpaid by somebody, and I don't want to be the team to do it. And he knows it. That's the thing. If I'm Wayne Simmons, I'm just thinking, man, someone's going to do something they probably shouldn't. And not that he shouldn't think like that because he's a pro athlete. He should have ultimate confidence in himself and all that. But he has to know he's not the player he was two, three years ago, right? And he's looking for the money that he should have been earning then. So I, I just don't want to be the team that gives it to him. Ghost for Stone. I'm not trading for Mark Stone. Um, I love Mark Stone. I'm not trading for him. I'm just going to try to buy him in the offseason. That would be my – I'm just trying to buy the guy. Uh, I, I, if I'm him, I'm not signing an extension to a team I get traded to. I just think that's dumb. Hit UFA. The teams that want you will pay you. Uh, get the bidding wars going. I, I – I, Hockey's different. I know these guys want to be loyal. These guys like stability. and I, Get as much as you can while you can, bro. Um, so I'm not trading for a pending UFA, like unless an extension comes with it. And I don't think you'd have to give up Ghost to get him. Next five are very winnable. Hart versus Gibson will be another elite goalie matchup like tonight. Love it. If uh, if Tampa is in on Simmons, do we ask for Kachuk? Uh, Frost's line me. I want, uh, yeah, I, that's that's yeah, that's what you're looking at is top end prospects and first round picks, guys like that for a Wayne Simmons, or maybe roster players and a B prospect. There's a lot of different ways you can go, but I can't imagine. Tampa is in a in a position to give up any roster players because they're trading for Simmons. Obviously, they're going for it. When you have a roster as good as Tampa's, you go for it. Uh, so yeah, I guess you would want some some high end prospects there, and that's probably uh, that's probably one of them. Flyers should not trade any assets for pending UFAs. People seem to have lost all common sense. Well, it's. Uh, there's trading for pending UFAs, and then there's trading for them with 
the understanding that they will be re-signing. You get that commitment from them. Uh, it was after the season, but when the Flyers trade, when the Forsberg trade happens, let's start there. They get, what was it, Scotty Upshaw, Ryan Parent, and the first-round pick from the Predators. And then they send the pick back to the Predators, and they get the rights to Hartnell and the rights to Tiemann. Now, they didn't just trade for those rights. When all that shit happened, they had this all worked out, and when they traded for those guys, knew that they would be signing. Um, if you can pull off something like that, sure. But short of that, no. Do we have anything else, guys? Uh, you think it's possible to make a push for Panarin? In the offseason, I have no problem buying Panarin. If you have to go out and give him $10 bucks, that's what you do. Uh, I would absolutely freaking love Artemi Panarin on this team. Uh, he's gonna. He wants to sign in a major metropolitan area. A lot of rumors about the Rangers. He clearly wants to play in a big market, a big city. We will see. We will see what happens. Um, Chicago's so far out of it, maybe they're not. Uh, a lot of people thought at one point he'd go back there. Uh, they're just so bad at this point. I don't know if they're an option for him. Same with L.A., if L.A. will even be in the market to buy a guy like Panarin. So if he is set on playing in a major metropolitan area, that really shortens the list of teams he can go to, right? Uh, I, I would I would absolutely freaking love Artemi Panarin. Um, we'll see. He's all he's very much on my on my wish list. Um, Eric Carlson, number one, and by uh, 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 by quite a wide margin on my wish list. But Panarin and Stone right there as well. Uh, Duchesne right below them. There's a I I just want somebody. I want some sort of dynamic talent to be added to this team this offseason. I know you want to keep roster spots open for kids, but kids can win jobs away from other guys who aren't as good as, as those guys I just named. And if, you know, Morgan Frost looks awesome and the two and three C spots are taken, it's not the worst thing in the world to play wing. You can play wing. You know, Braden Shen came up playing wing. They eventually – he finally became a center. You know, some, not everyone plays their natural position right away. Forwards, if you're good enough, can play all three spots. Um so I'm not worried about that. I just want them to go out and freaking buy somebody. It all starts with good goaltending. Yeah, I mean, that's the, you know. Why does everyone want to play for the Rangers? Because they want to live in Manhattan, man. They're uh, <laughs> they're rich young men. They want to live in Manhattan. I don't blame them. Uh, but, you know, I think we can sell them on Old City and Rittenhouse Square and places like that, personally. And we should be trying to do that. But, and, you know, our school system, which is better over here on my side of the bridge, at least, um, for when you're at the end of the contract and you got some kids. <laughs> you know, David Pasternak is a certified stud. We should get him. That's all. Yeah, all it would take is like, you know, <laughs> I don't even know. I, what would it even take? Proverov, Frost, uh, Voracek, and Ghost? Like, I, like, yeah, we should get their best player, sure. Yeah, uh, JVR will talk about who replaces Simmons or something, and I think the JVR signing was, that was a year ahead of time they were replacing Simmons' production. That's what they were doing with that signing. A um, little bit younger, get him in here, you know, maybe a higher goal-scoring upside. The guy had a 36-goal season, but even Hextall said we think he's more of a 25-30 to 30 guy which is what Simmons is, um, I, I think that's who replaces him, and you already have Lindblom. Um, 
I, I don't see it being the I don't see the Flyers going with the uh, needs a center to be effective power forward um, model in uh, in free agency this year. I think they're going to go with more of the dynamic talents who can carry their own lines or at least contribute um, despite not having a top-of-the-line center. Hopefully we have three top-of-the-line centers next year, but just saying, if you're on a third line and like JVR was at the beginning of this season uh, and you know your center's not doing anything and you're, you're just not scoring, you get paid to score goals, I don't think they're going to go that route. I could see more of a uh, Stone or Panarin type. Why would, why would, why would Boston, why would Boston trade Marshand for Simmons? Marshand is better, and Simmons is a pending UFA. Thanks again from Denver, Bill. Great week of games and BSH content. Thank you, Gary. I'm hearing Talbot is being shopped. Would be nice bridge goaltender if Chuck wants to go that route. Yeah, I've thought about that. I know they want to bring in a veteran, and it's probably what everyone would want to do in the situation the Flyers are in. But I just uh, – I want to ride out this this Hart Stolarz thing because of the situation we talked about on BSH last night. I think I got into it after the last couple post games. Don't want to spend too much time on it. But basically, you have a chance to have a super cheap goalie tandem next year, and now is the time to find out about Stolarz because he's a pending restricted free agent. He's arbitration eligible. You have Lyon under contract for next year. You have Sandstrom under contract for next year. Fletcher has said he wants to see Eustamenko come over next year as well. So that's that's three goalies right there. Um, plus Hart. So I want to – you got to find out about Stoli. If, he's, if he can be a tandem for you next year, if, if you can go 55-45 in terms of percentage of starts with uh, – with with he and Hart, do it because you have so many. You have you can address all your other issues, not spend an extra dime on goaltending. What kind of restricted free agent contract is Stolarz really going to get, given his limited experience and his honestly like lackluster numbers to this point? Now it looks like he could be getting healthy and turning it on and being become a good goaltender. I believe his his upside is NHL goalie, but like. You know, he hasn't shown much of that to this point, at least not consistently. So you could have a super cheap goaltending tandem and then use all that money they're going to have, over $30 million, um, to address all your other issues, plus lock up some young guys that you want to get locked up with. Uh, who else is pending RFA? Um, uh, Provorov, TK. I don't have it right in front of me, but there's a couple guys who can be signed to extensions this summer. So use that money for all that and not spend it on goalies, how I would like to use that, to use those assets. Farabee said he is open to leaving school and playing for the Flyers or Phantoms next year. I saw that as well. I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to see if that, if, how that plays out. Um, college kids are always, it's tough, but him being a higher pick, it's not like it's one of these college kids you get young and then, you know, they play out their whole time in college, and then it's like, oh, can we get this guy signed? Do we have room for him? Is he going to want to come here if we don't have a guaranteed NHL spot? Uh, so, yeah, all for Farabee being on this team, you know, and if he can be effective goal scorer, even if it's in a you know a third-line role or whatever to start, that would just be one one less thing. 
Yeah, one last thing. Columbus lost. We're nine out. Is it possible? Of course it's possible. This team does stupid-ass runs all the time. I just don't. If I had to bet on it right now, I'd say it's not happening. But crazy shit happens. Would you stick to the Hextall model and draft another goalie mid-rounds this coming draft? Depends on my board. Depends on, you know, what's what's on the board and what's available. But I do think it's smart to have a constant pipeline of um, of everything. Because look at what has happened to this team over the last few years. Now, hopefully, Carter Hart is just the guy for the next 15 freaking years or whatever. But... Injuries happen, different things happen, and you don't want to be caught in the situation that they've been caught in over the last few years where it's like, oh, yep, we're out of goalies, it's Christmas, and we're on number seven. Like, you know, that's bad. So I think it's smart to just add depth. It's something you get for free. You're given the draft picks. You know, the, the league just lets you have them. Here you go. Here's your seven draft picks. To use one of them a year on a goalie is, I, I think it's pretty smart. Farabee is a playmaking winger, playing with a finishing center, and Patrick equals money. One would hope. Flyers should look into tracking Evan Evan Barrett from Chicago for too low pick. Can we trade up for Kako? I can't imagine a team in the top two spots would want to trade out of it, but depends on um depends on who wins the lottery and everything. If it's a team in the Flyers' position, for instance, that moves up, and maybe they're looking for, you know, they're looking for need rather than best player, something like that. But in general, I can't imagine a team trading out of one of the top two picks. Bill, could Stolarz be used as a trade piece? I think it's possible, but like, what what team is looking at Anthony Stolarz and going, "Yep, that's what we need." Like, he just doesn't have enough. How much he doesn't have enough film. The dude played four games last season. Three of them were in the ECHL. Like, I just don't. What kind of value are you looking to extract from Anthony Stolarz? Maybe if he plays well for the rest of this, uh, maybe if he plays well for the rest of this season and then you sign him to a cheap deal or trade his negotiating rights or whatever this summer, um, that's possible. But I just don't. Who. Who's not? Who's banging down the door for Anthony Stolarz? Tony Stoley from Third Street, as I call him. All right, guys, I think I'm going to call it. We're at like 58 minutes here. Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for watching live. Do this after every game. It's a good time. Hey, on Saturday, come out to Bully's Pub at Xfinity after the Flyers game. Flyers are taking on the Oilers at 1 o'clock. From 4.30 until 6, we will be doing uh, the... Philadelphia Flyers podcast hockey or hockey podcast roundtable. That's right. It's being hosted by Jason Mertidis and his stick to hockey pod over at Wildfire Radio. Wildfire's been a partner of ours for a while now. Uh, and it's going to be basically all the Flyers podcasts in the city from BSH. You know, you're going to have me and Steph and Charlie and Kelly. Uh, there's going to be a ton of other people there. Uh, everyone's best friend, Bill Meltzer, will be there. It's going to be every podcaster in the city, basically. Uh, there's going to be prizes and giveaways, I'm told. So come on out. It's going to be a good time. Join us. Come watch. Cheer us on. Whatever's going to go on. I don't even know what the hell the thing is really going to be on. Like, 
I don't know the format or anything. So this is just going to be fun to find out for all of us. Uh, but it's going to be a good time, and it's going to be at Bully's Pub. It's going to be after the Flyers game. Come on out, have a few beers, talk some hockey with us. That's it for me. Um, yeah, have a great week, everybody.